بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقده من لساني يفقهوا قولي سبحانك لا علم لنا الا ما علمتنا سبحانك لا علم لنا الا ما علمتنا سبحانك لا علم لنا الا ما علمتنا اللهم نور قلوبنا بعلمك واستعمل ابداننا لطاعتك ووفقنا لما تحب وترضى من قولي والعمل والفعل والنيه والهدى انك على كل شيء قدير يا وهاب يا وهاب يا وهاب يا فتاح يا فتاح يا فتاح اما بعد we ask Allah Azza wa Jal to uh, accept everyone's efforts of joining us here and may he make it a means of our salvation. May Allah Azza wa Jal allow us to hear something which will help us get through the difficulties all of us are going through. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow this session and all of our sessions of ilm and dhikr that we attend to become a means of strengthening our iman and make it a means of strengthening our relationship with Allah's kalam. May he make it a means of our hearts being filled up with that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to love. And may Allah Azza wa Jal make these durus a means of all of us being chosen uh, to be enlisted in the books of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala amongst the students of knowledge. Ameen, Rabbil Alameen. Ba'da an a'udhu billahi min ash-shaytani rajim Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Inna qaruna kana min qawmi Musa fabagha alayhim wa atainahu minal kunuzi ma inna mafatihahu latanu'u bil'usbati ulil quwa إذ قال له قومه لا تفرح إن الله لا يحب الفرحين وابتغ فيما آتاك الله الدار الآخرة ولا تنس نصيبك من الدنيا وأحسن كما أحسن الله إليك ولا تبغي الفساد في الأرض إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُحِبُّ الْمُفْسِدِينَ قَالَ إِنَّمَا أُوتِيتُهُ عَلَى عِلْمٍ عِنْدِي أَوَلَمْ يَعْلَمْ أَنَّ اللَّهَ قَدْ أَهْلَكَ مِنْ قَبْلِهِ مِنَ الْقُرُونِ مَنْ هُوَ أَشَدُّ مَنْ هُوَ أَشَدُّ مِنْهُ قُوَّةً وَأَكْثَرُ جَمْعًا ولا يسأل عن ذنوبهم المجرمون فخرج على قومه في زينته قال الذين يريدون الحياة الدنيا يا ليت لنا مثل ما أوتي قارون إنه لذو حظ عظيم وقال الذين أوتوا العلم ويلكم ثواب الله خير لمن آمن وعمل صالحا خير لمن آمن وعمل صالحا ولا يلقاها إلا الصابرون فخسفنا به وبذاره الأرض فما كان له من فئه ينصرونه من دون الله وما كان من المنتصرين واصبح الذين تمنوا مكانه بالامس يقولون ويك ان الله يبسط الرزق لمن يشاء من عباده ويقدر لولا أمن الله علينا لخسف بنا ويكأنه لا يفلح الكافرون تلك الدار الآخرة نجعلها للذين لا يريدون علوا في الأرض ولا فسادا 
We are coming to now the one of the final stories of the beautiful stories from amongst the beautiful stories of Surah Qasas. And um, there are of course many uh, different points that are being mentioned between each story. For the past three, four sessions, uh, there were various beautiful, important points of that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, shared with us and we spoke about uh, briefly how the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, are the you know are present ever around us the night and the day the sleep and the and the work by day and how these are all inviting us towards the oneness of Allah Allah is asking us to look Allah is asking us to reflect Allah is asking us to listen and Allah is asking us to uh, realize that all qudra and power only lies with Allah and no one will be able to harm us if we are with Allah regardless of what people may uh, seem to say and also the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is well aware of what is apparent and what is hidden and what is, uh, what is beyond hidden what is a secret that we don't even think about so now this story here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is mentioning the story of Qarun uh, from the nation of Musa now Qarun was indeed from Moses' people but he committed injustice against them. He committed injustice with insolence and arrogance. Even though we had given him, we had given him, such treasure troves, such amounts of wealth, that that their keys alone would weigh down. A band of men endowed with might a band a group of strong men would find it would feel overburdened just by carrying the keys to the treasures that we had given Qarun even after giving him all this wealth instead of becoming grateful what happened to him he did the complete opposite what we usually see that he had become uh, very uh, unjust and arrogant if then what happened? His nation told him, his people said to him, some of his people, not all, some of you said to him, Don't be arrogant, do not exult in the wealth of the world. Indeed, in Allah, indeed Allah does not like those who are exultant. Rather, with all that Allah has given you, means to seek, right? Seek the glory uh, of Akhirah. Fima atak Allah. From all the glory that Allah has given you of this dunya. Fima, from all the glory that Allah has given you in this dunya, what should you seek? Adar al Akhirah. This is the adverb of Ibtaghi. This, uh, go ahead and seek the abode of the hereafter. And also, wala tansa. Do not forget nasibaka, your portion of the good life in this world. وَأَحْسِن So one amr over here, one command. Number, actually, let's go back from here. لَا uh, تَفْرَحْ This is one prohibition, one nahi. Then number two, one amr. Then number three, one nahi. Then number four, one amr. Then number five, one nahi. You see how this amr nahi, amr nahi. Five commands, either asking him to do something or asking him to stay away from something. A total of five things. So, do not forget your portion of, Allah, of good life in this world. 
وَأَحْسِن And be kind, right? Do good to Allah's servants the way Allah ahsana, the way Allah has done good to you, towards you. وَلَا تَبْغِ الْفَسَادَ فِي الْأَرْضِ And do not seek to sow corruption on earth. For indeed Allah does not like, does not love the sowers of corruption. قَالَ His response, Indeed, this wealth, why are you giving me an advice? This is how he refuted all the five pieces of advice. Indeed, this wealth that has been given to, has been given to me by virtue of a deep sacred knowledge that I possess. That's one tafsir. That all of this I have, I have, I am an alim. I am a deep scholar. I'm a great scholar. I already know way more than you. You should not be giving me any advice in the first place. And it's because of this knowledge that I have all this wealth. That's what he said. There's other tafsirs inshallah we'll, we'll cover when we get to this ayah. Allah responds to him, does he not know that indeed Allah قد ahlaka He has destroyed min qablihi, before him, min al-quruni, entire generations. Man huwa, who are ashad who are greater than him, ashad, Greater than him in what sense? Quwatan, in power. وَأَكْثَرُ And were far more in what sense? Jam'an, in wealth and in numbers. The people who were destroyed before him had more physical strength, had greater numbers and more wealth. Yet that did not stop them from being destroyed by the adab of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when their disobedience became too much. Beyond what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had allowed. وَلَا يُسْأَلُ عَن ذُنُوبِهُمُ الْمُجْرِمُونَ الْمُجْرِمُونَ The defiant unbelievers لَا يُسْأَلُ will not be asked عَن ذُنُوبِهِمْ regarding their sins What do you mean? يعني They will not be asked in order to verify them Did you actually do this? No, we don't, we don't need to ask you The cameras are there The, 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 uh, the technology is there to 100% beyond any shadow of doubt to prove that you've done it In the dunya we see So it's not a question about asking Sometimes you ask simply for hoping that the person will acknowledge. And then when they don't acknowledge, you pull out the video. They're always going to say, this is dunya, we're doing this to each other. Imagine akhirah. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't need to even bring video evidence, Allah can have the limbs speak up. You can't really belie that. You could say something on the video, that's doctored, that's this, that, all that stuff. How can you speak against your limbs? When the, your own hands, Allah Azza wa Jalla has mentioned in places, multiple places in the Quran, Today we are going to seal the mouth. You can't say anything. Right? And the feet are going to begin to speak. In other places, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, The skin will speak. The hands will speak. So that's why here is being said that they will not be asked, did you actually do this or not? They will simply be punished because the proof is uh, more than certain that they have committed their crimes. He did not listen. He did not take any advice. So one day Qarun came forth to his people in all his adornment. To come forth. To his people. في زينتي, in all of his adornment those people who only care about the dunya those people who are very materialistic right they said what did they say if only if only we had what was given to Qarun if only we had that type of money man we would have enjoyed it 
And then, إِنَّهُ لَذُوْ حَظٍ عَظِيمٍ Indeed, he is a one of a magnificent fortune, or what we would say, he is one real lucky man. حظ is fortune. عظيم, great, magnificent. He has won the lottery. He's got a lot of good fortune. An extremely lucky individual. وَقَالَ الَّذِينَ أُوتُوا الْعِلْمِ But those who had been given knowledge, not the knowledge that Qarun claimed to have, fake one, the real ilm, the real deen, the real knowledge of Allah and what Allah wants and what's life after death and the hereafter and all those real things. This man had it. He's, they said, those group of scholars, they're watching this whole parade in front of them, Qarun and his entourage. They said, وَيْلَكُمْ ثَوَابُ اللَّهِ Woe to all of you. You all are fools. Woe to all of you. ثَوَابُ اللَّهِ خَيْرٌ The reward of Allah, خَيْرٌ is far better. لِمَنْ آمَنَ وَعَمِلَ صَالِحًا For the one who believes and does righteous good deeds. Two things, if a person is a believer, and if a person does good deeds, then the reward is far better than any worldly entourage, worldly you know, wealth that a person can ever achieve. وَلَا يُلَقَّاهَا إِلَّا صَابِرُونَ Yet none shall receive this type of hidayah, this type of guidance, except for those who are patient. The ability to be consistent in a'mal and good deeds, it's seriously, it's very hard. This will be given to those who try their best to remain consistent and patient. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reward them with that. فَخَسَفْنَا بِهِ وَبِذَارِهِ الْأَرْضِ Then we cause the earth to swallow him up. خَسَفَ To swallow him. And not just him. وَبِذَارِهِ His whole dwelling, his mansion, his palace, his estate. All of it went swallowed up into the earth. فَمَا كَانَ لَهُ مِنْ And he did not have any fi'ah, any group, any friend circle, any company. يَنْصُرُونَهُ To help him. مِنْ دُونِ اللَّهِ Apart from Allah. Meaning no one to help him against Allah. No one to help him to run away from Allah. The only one who could help him is Allah Himself. Who can protect us? We talked about this dua last week, did we not? Allah, I seek refuge in you from you. I seek refuge in your happiness from your anger. I seek refuge in your afia from your punishment. So there's no one who can save a person from Allah's wrath except Allah. But if a person is not getting Allah's help due to anger him and Allah is after him, then it's pretty much game over. You know, you can't really ask anyone for help. وَمَا كَانَ مِنَ الْمُنْتَصِرِينَ Nor was, when he of the, nor was he one of those could help themselves. Okay, if you don't want Allah's help, take care of yourself. Uh-uh, he was not. If Qarun could not help himself, who can help himself? وَأَصْبَحَ الَّذِينَ تَمَنَّوا مَكَانَهُ بِالْأَمْسِ Thus by morning, أَصْبَحَ right? By morning time, الَّذِينَ تَمَنَّوا All of those tamanna who longed, who have tamanna and desire. All those people who are longing his place, his treasures, his entourage, his wealth. بِالْأَمْسِ Just yesterday, just the day before, all of those who were desiring his spot. All those who longed greatly to be in his place only the day before. يَقُولُونَ They began to say. أَصْبَحَ يَقُولُونَ what did they be? In the, basically in the morning they began to say last night they were like oh we wish we had that when they saw this huge natural disaster adab of Allah came and wiped Qarun entourage and his palace all one shot they woke up in the morning saying wake anna Allah ah indeed it is Allah alone yapsutu 
means to extend, to, to increase, to expand. It is only Allah who expands the sustenance and provision for whomsoever He wills amongst His servants. And He alone is the one who restricts it. Meaning, if Allah is given, if, if we have a little bit less money, why so? Because Allah did it. And if someone has got more money, more sustenance, why so? Because Allah gave him. This is the on and off switch, the increase and decrease switch is not in the hands of humans. It's solely in the hands of Allah. So if you have a problem with that, in reality you have a problem with Allah. And are you going to really take on Allah and challenge Him to say, why did you give this, why did you give that? You know someone will, for example, will come into the classroom, turn on the fans, or switch off the fan, or switch on the light, switch off, and then so we go back and forth. Then someone said, listen, the teacher came and said, you know, I'm coming, keep the lights on, or keep the fan on, etc. So then a student will realize, okay, this is not something we should be going back and forth amongst ourselves, whether I want or not want the fan or the light. It's the teacher who has decided to put it on, so I got to be happy with that. And I can't argue with that, I got to live with it. Think about that, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, the exclusive switch of sustenance exclusively is in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Who's got more, who's got less. لَوْلَا أَمَّنَّ اللَّهُ عَلَيْنَا Had Allah not conferred a favor upon us, so this, today they're not talking about the favor of wealth because as of yesterday they're like he's so blessed he's so blessed we wish we could have him but they forgot all of that blessing now now they're saying if we weren't blessed we would have also most surely the earth would have swallowed us up as well meaning iman or just simply staying alive that itself is the blessing having abundant wealth is not the blessing they realize that within the next couple hours that that wasn't a smart thing to be saying Ah, indeed the disbelievers are never successful. It may seem that they're gaining success initially, or even majority of their life, or even at the end of the life. But most definitely falah and, and success will not be once the soul is pulled out or is being pulled out from the body. There cannot be falah there. And as soon as they arrive in barzakh, the life between this world and the next, they will definitely taste uh, for sure the khasara and the failure. Tilka darul Such is the abode of the hereafter. What is it? Naj'aluha. That we have made it only for those who do not desire exaltation fil ardi in the land. Wala fasada nor corruption. lil muttaqeen. Thus the ultimate aqiba ay aqibatul saliha. The ultimate outcome of success is only for those who have taqwa. What a beautiful uh, you know, ruku'ah here of Surah Al-Qasas that we um, covered. Okay, we, we translate it. Now let's go back into it now. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is speaking about Qarun here. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not speak about what Qarun will get in the akhirah. All he said, you, just, you read the translation, that's fresh in your mind. Think about it. Allah Azza just said, Tilka da, 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 akhirah. He didn't say what happened to him in akhirah. He just said, akhirah is good ending in akhirah is for those who do not cause chaos on earth and who, do, who are not excellent and who are not arrogant. What type of punishment will Qarun get in akhirah is not mentioned here. Allah instead is speaking about what happened to him in the dunya. It is a warning to all those who are similarly arrogant over their wealth and decide to 
turn their backs against the teachings of Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The kuffar of Quraysh continued to persecute Rasulullah at every turn and began, were continuing to oppress his companions and his family. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed in Surah Al-Qamar, Sayuhzamul Jam'u wa yuwalluna dubr. Sayuhzamul Jam'u. Seen means soon. Soon the armies will be vanquished. Hazama, Hazima, will be destroyed, will be defeated. And soon they will turn running with their running uh, running with their backs turned towards you. You know when someone's fleeing from, from the battlefield. It's mentioned in Ibn Kathir that when this ayah was revealed, Umar radiallahu asked, Ayu jam'in yuhzam. MashaAllah, I want to appreciate and congratulate those people last week who were here and heard a reminder and today they decided to bring their notebooks <laughs> and MashaAllah, taking their notes. Alhamdulillah, may Allah put barakah in your ilm and amal, allow you to retain it and allow you to propagate it and allow you to become a means of others also, making a habit of doing so. Even those who are listening at home, you have your comfort, you've got, you know, no, no, no problem, you sit with comfort at home, but make sure, try your best to, you know, uh, take a notebook out and and share, write certain things. Inshallah, this will be something you can, throughout the week, sit in a halaqa with your kids. And you can do five minutes, seven minutes, ten minutes, review some of those points. And it will be a great benefit, inshallah, hopefully for them. And for, me, for myself as well. More sadaqah jariya for me, inshallah. And for my parents, my teachers, and so forth. So he said, Umar said, Ayyu jam'an yuhzam, which army is you speaking about that is going to be vanquished and destroyed? So, because it didn't look like anything was going on in Makkah at that time. So then Umar said, When uh, he said, When I saw on the day of Badr, he said, I saw Rasulullah jumping on the day of Badr from one spot to the other in the, in the midst of the battle, wearing his, uh, wearing his armor. And he was reading out, he said, at that time, I recognize that the interpretation and the tafsir of that is going to happen now, years later in Badr. So this is a very powerful ayah to recite also when you are asking Allah's help against the enemies of Allah. When you seek, when you make dua, you can recite this ayah again and again and in salah as well. Ask Allah that He allows this ayah to be manifested today as well. Ameen, Rabbil Alameen. So Umar radiallahu anhu then said, Sadaq Allah. When he saw what happened in Badr, he said, Indeed, Allah has spoken the truth. That's why they say, A zalim and an oppressor will not die until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala avenges himself. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will, will, will not allow a zalim to just continue to live and die and in absolute peace and comfort. It is something necessary for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to. Um, you know, ensure that a zalim gets punished at least a little bit. Whether you and I see that zalim oppressed or not is a different thing. Um, if he, if he, if he was, if he was able to somehow get out by the will of Allah, of course, not on his own, from the adab of dunya, then remember that only means that the adab of akhirah is going to be what worse. Remember that it comes in hadith that when a believer passes away if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will try to have all his sins 
forgiven in this dunya through various types of difficulties. So that when he eventually gets to the akhirah, he's got nothing but enjoyment, nothing to worry about. Everything taken care of. And if there are certain sins which have not been forgiven yet, and it's already the time of death has come, then Allah will give that believer a difficult death, painful death. And through that painful death, the final few things that remain in his book of deeds from amongst sins are wiped clean. So that by the time his body is lowered into the grave, clean slate. On the flip side of it, when a disbeliever who does good deeds, who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ensure that that disbeliever is rewarded immediately in this dunya for any good that he has done. In so many different ways. In, in, in the form of happy married life, in the form of having righteous or you know, dutiful kids, in the form of good business, in the form of you know, having his car saved from an accident, you know, anything. He's not realizing, but you know, it's like when a person goes into a hotel, little kids, or even maybe you didn't know, and you open up the fridge, you're like, oh, this is amazing, he's got snacks here. <laughs> he ate all the snacks in the, in the hotel. And then after that, when you're checking out, like, oh, you have a $250 bill. Wait, hold on, I already paid for the room. No, no, this is the snacks that you ate. What? M&M, $4? What are you talking about? Well, you didn't know. You're sitting there, your kids are all enjoying all the sweets and the snacks and the you know, soft drinks in the, in the hotel. But every single thing was being quadruply you know, charged to your room. You know, room service. Kids, let's try out. Let's try this burger. Let's try the laundry. All this stuff. And then at the end, you have this huge bill. That's how this, for the kafir it is. That he's enjoying life. But all of this is being billed. How is it being billed? That all any good deed he's doing, he has to pay for it. He has to pay for it. So now comes at the time of death when you check out. Let's look what you got. You know? Imagine it's like this. SubhanAllah. Imagine you got a wallet of like some foreign money in it. And you're like, okay, I have a couple hundred rials or a couple hundred rupees left. And on the way to the airport, you spend it here and there. And you're at the airport, like you're about to go through immigration. Like, what am I supposed to do with this? I'm never more than likely to come back to this country. I don't want to sit with this money. Yeah, let me just go buy coffee. No matter how expensive it is, right? You know they charge you seven, ten, twelve dollars for a cup of small coffee in these in these airports. So fine, what am I supposed to do with this? Currency. People spend it like that. Think about it like this: that a man is going, a kafir is leaving this world, and you look at his book of deeds, he's got currency, hasanat. But he's not going to be able to use his hasanat in the akhirah because he is dying without iman. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ensures that he knocks out and cleans out all these hasanat before he goes through immigration. And how is that? By giving him not that expensive cup of coffee. In this example, what's it going to be? Yes, thank you. Easy death. Very good. Easy death. His easy death will be how he pays for, for every single last penny of good deeds he has. So now he goes into the grave without anything left. Right? And so now it's only punishment, punishment, punishment. And the flip side of it was the other person, subhanAllah, the believer, that he was, he had some sayyat, some sins left that had not been knocked out in this world. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted, wanted to make sure that he goes into the akhirah without any sins. So what does Allah do? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives him a difficult death. So based on after hearing this hadith, Aisha radiallahu anha, she says, after seeing the death of the Prophet something along the line, she says, uh, that you can never judge a person based on how he's dying. Because the Prophet had an easy death? Oh, no. The Prophet had a subhanAllah very difficult death. And the Prophet had his hand constantly in a bowl of water because of the intensity of the pain. And he kept on wiping his forehead. And he kept on saying, Indeed, death has, is very difficult. It has pangs of death. SubhanAllah. 
But what was that difficult death that the Prophet went through? It was to really propel him to the next level of Jannah that, that cannot be possibly imagined by any of our, one of us. All his good deeds and all his hasanat that, that, the, world, that the world can never count reached him at a certain level. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted to give him even a higher level beyond that. So this is a very interesting, you know, Phenomena that do not think that the valim who is enjoying life and he's, so, he's got a so-called peaceful death and he's got a state funeral, you know, full, full, full band flyover of the of jets over his dead body. Subhanallah, where, where's, where's the zalim and he did this? No, this is actually a bigger problem. Those valims who got punished before they died or they died a pitiful death on the streets or got hanged or whatever, they got at least something knocked out of their book of deeds. But someone who did not have any difficulty in this world, then what awaits him is actually something much worse. Subhanallah, how blessed we are that we have a deen that gives us perspective. Did you, after hearing what I just said, doesn't that give you perspective on what you see? I remember when the, when the Iraq war was happening, or, or you know, uh, especially when Saddam was killed, there were people you know, who were just couldn't, couldn't fathom, couldn't believe. Wait, that how could he say the La ilaha illallah? Although you know he didn't say Muhammad Rasulullah, right? He, if you remember, he said La ilaha illallah, and before he could say Muhammad Rasulullah, he died, right? They they they, they let the, they they removed the uh, chair, or whatever that uh, be, be underneath his feet, and he hung. So, but man kana akhiru kalami La ilaha illallah dakhla al jannah. Whoever says La ilaha, whose ever last words are La ilaha illallah enters jannah. Now some people simply just couldn't fathom that. Like, no, it cannot be. Saddam cannot go to Jannah. Right. Look at, understand that, you see this word, the deen, not knowing deen gives you big problems. And knowing deen fully, alhamdulillah, or knowing different dimensions of the deen is so important. So you understand how to translate this, this issue. Why is someone saying that? Because say someone's family was killed by Saddam, for example. Naturally, they're very angry, very upset. And then when they see this, that he's dying and saying the kalima, they feel like, okay, this is not fair for us. Do you think you are more just than Allah? You feel like you care about... This is what happened with the Sahaba. Some, some weak people, during the time of the Sahaba, I should say rather, the Prophet was, was coming back from Mecca and, he, and then he, had, he gave a lot of the animals uh, from Hunayn and from you know, uh, uh, Thaqif, I think, so, um, in, after Ta'if. One of the battles there, he gave a lot of the, uh, treasure, uh, the booty of the war to Quraysh. So some people came and said that, oh, uh, this is not fair. What, how is this justice? We are the ones who fought with Rasulullah. We are the one who hosted Rasulullah in Medina. We did so much, and uh, the blood is falling from the, from the swords, from our swords, and someone else is getting the money. Someone else is getting the animals. Someone else is getting the spoils of war. And so, so Rasulullah then responded, if I am not just, you tell who's going to be just? If I don't do justice, who's going to do be just? So when we come to these type of a hadith, which there are many different examples of this, I usually tell the students that you know this Allah showed us this from the seerah that even the Prophet ﷺ had to deal with people accusing him or second guessing him on certain things. Maybe there were people of outright hypocrites or they're people of weak iman. But the fact that whenever something good happens, always shaitan comes, man. This is the moment of victory. Come on. We've been waiting for this for years. Let's all enjoy. But you have to have some guy who will come and always, remember that, you always find some happy day, some guy got to come and he's got to cause a problem. Like, like they say, God sent, he's like a shaitan sent. 
for us to come and just cause chaos in the masjid, in the madrasa, in the family reunion, wherever it is. Happy moment. But it's got to be someone to rain on your party. From shaitan. He will come and start second guessing this and that, putting doubts in the minds of people about why did this happen, but why did that happen? May Allah protect all of us from such shayateen. Amin Abdul. May Allah protect us from ever becoming a shaitan like this. And may Allah protect us from having, having to suffer at the hands of such a shaitan like this. But they are people within our families, within our ranks, within our friend circle, who are just like that. Their tongue is seriously speaks on behalf of shaitan. And they just sit there and accuse people of things and say things. We have to make sure we do not become like that. You can't control other people, right? But you have to control yourself. I warn all, myself and all of us that please control your tongue. Anytime you feel that you just got to go set the, set the, what the truth you know, right and set the truth free. Understand that many times when you're setting the truth free, so-called, you're actually breaking down the whole building. You know what I mean? You're breaking down the whole structure. If you cause disunity within the ummah, there's nothing worse than that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَالْفِتْنَةُ أَشَدُّ مِنَ الْقَاتِلِ Chaos is worse than murder. Anarchy. Anarchy in masjids. We see masajid across the world and across the country, especially across the United States. So much fitna and fasad, lawsuits, this, that, all that stuff happening. When we see these type of things, it's fitins. Many times the people pray right behind the imam. Sometimes they lead the salah too, honestly speaking. I'm not joking. Sometimes they're imam themselves. And they have become a peon of shaitan. That's what they are. So I tell people, if you have a problem, please pack up and move. Go to another place. You don't need to become the, you know, the person who says, I'm going to set it right, when you don't know how to set it right. You actually burn the whole masjid down. It's like my ustad's long ago, childhood joke, I remember. He said, those you know, person there he had, and uh, he, a friend of his came and he took a big proper you know, stone and threw him on his face. And he got hurt really bad, bleeding and everything. He said, well, what did you do? He said, no, there was, a, there was a fly on your cheek. I was trying to swat it, you know. She said, this type of friend, you'd rather have an enemy than this type of friend. That's why this even Ali said, a foolish, a, a intelligent friend, an intelligent enemy is better than a foolish friend. An intelligent enemy is better to have an intelligent enemy because you know what his next move is. But a foolish friend, you don't know what his move is. So look at the, this is how you swat a fly, you take a stone and you throw it at someone. That's what's happening. I got to fix up the MSA. I got to fix up the masjid. I got to fix up the organization. I got to fix up this. And in the process of that, they cause so much chaos that you wish that never, you know, this thing never even happened. That like, you know, we weren't even born. This whole masala. So many times, some good brothers get, fall into this trap. And when in they're in that frenzy, uh, it's very hard to speak to them. Imam Ghazali in Bidayatul Hidayah mentions this. That do not allow shaitan. He says, وَلَا يَخْدَعَنَّكَ shaitan." Do not allow shaitan to deceive you in the name of speaking the truth. Subhanallah. He says, do not allow shaitan to deceive you in the name of speaking the truth. And in the process of that, you end up causing a lot of chaos. There are times to speak the truth, and there are times to just keep quiet and get out. There are times that you have to speak with wisdom, and there are times that the person simply does not have that wisdom. It will cause a bigger problem by speaking. So these are things, that's why a person should make mashwara. A person should never try to go take on the control of himself. Always make mashwara. You know why? When you, make, when you don't make mashwara, it's very possible that you will be following unknowingly who? Your nafs. And of course shaitan. Yes. Nafs and shaitan. Through mashwara, you protect yourself. And istikhara. Nafs 
and shaitan are two enemies. Please make a note of what I'm saying here. Nafs and shaitan are two enemies. You will protect yourself from nafs and shaitan through mashwara and istikhara. Through mashwara and istikhara. Nabi alayhi said, Whoever does istikhara, you know what istikhara is, right? The, the salah you perform when you want to get married. No, no. Okay? It's not only for marriage, brothers. Did you end up cleaning the snow after all or no? Not yet. Not yet. You didn't know stuff from last week. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so once that snow gets cleared and then you get a proposal, yes, you do istikhara. But that's not the only time we do istikhara. We do istikhara for anything. Anything. You want to speak to this person, not speak to that person. Should I take this job, not this job? Even smaller things. There's a small short form of istikhara. It's called Allahumma khirli waqtarli. Allahumma khirli waqtarli. Right? Oh Allah, choose for me. Right? Allahumma khirli waqtarli. That, oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you choose for me. This is a short form of istikhara. Another short form of istikhara. Allahumma alhimna marashida umurina wa'ivna. Oh Allah, inspire us with the. Allah, memorize this dua or memorize it afterwards, but you know, make a note of it. Allahumma alhimna marashida umurina. Oh Allah, inspire us to do what's right in all of our affairs. Inspire us to do what's right in all of our affairs. Wa'aidna and protect us min fusina from the evil of ourselves. You all have been hearing bayans of our mashaykh of ulama from India, Pakistan. They had to sing the khutbah at the beginning. Yeah? They always say that. Ah, subhanallah, this is ma'thur. We always say this. What does that mean? We seek Allah's protection from the shara and the evil of ourselves. And from the evil of our sins. Because sins have a evil with it, and of course our nafs has an evil with it. So when we make decisions without mashwara and without istikhara, very strong chance that we are being influenced by our nafs, by our shaitan, by our evil effects of our sins. So this is a problem with Americans, us, all of us. We have too much ego, and we find it very difficult to make mashwara. Imagine if masajid boards were to make mashwara. They have a supervisory board. And they had ulama that they dealt with. And any issue, say, we're going to go to scholars and take advice from. Before the elections, during elections, after elections. And we say, this is, we're going to go through training. Like any corporation. We're going to go through training of how we're going to, you know, take care of this responsibilities. And we are going to do this. Now, mashallah, things would work well. But unfortunately, we all, I'm not saying you, I'm saying we all have an ego problem. And it's very hard for us to simply go seek advice. And so we have to break this. We have to break this. One of the ulama, inshallah, is going to be coming to our no-tech retreat, the guest, main guest speaker for the no-tech retreat next month, which is Zakaria. He was just telling me, he said, Alhamdulillah, he got ijazah in tazkiyah, to teach tazkiyah as a science and to, you know, to be uh, uh, regarded as, a, as a, uh, a senior student of a sheikh in 1993. As while he was still a student of the madrasa, while he was still a student, he said he was mashallah the only student blessed with this while being a student. Usually students they don't get this much many many years later. But he said just last week I went I traveled I don't know how many hundred kilometers to go visit another Khalif of Sheikh Zakir rahmatullahi alayhi. Right? Um, the idea what he was trying to tell me is that in 35 years or 30 years or more whatever, but every single time. I'm always regard myself not safe. I have to always make sure I'm under someone. 
I'm always have to make sure that I'm taking advice from someone. Are you all listening to me? Right? The why is it that we've got we're so stuck up? Honestly, we can't take advice, man. We can't simply ask. This is the problem. Everyone is like even people who finish the island program. Such a big problem. Simply take advice from people. Nope. How many of the brothers sitting here who are not connected with ulama? Ask yourself, all those brothers around here. I'm asking you, who do you take advice from? Right? For tax, you're going to go try to find the, the best Jewish tax lawyer out there to save your money in taxes, right? An accountant and whatnot. For all this other stuff, what about your deen? What about all your affairs of your home? Who do you take mashura with? If you don't have mashura with anyone, you're making mashura with your nafs and shaitan. No wonder our lives are messed up. Because we're not taking mashura with anyone. So I encourage every single one to please bring these two things in your life. Mashura and istikhara. And humble yourself. Don't, no matter if you're a CFO, CEO, founder, entrepreneur, professional of what scale, doesn't make a difference. You and I all need someone to consult and take advice from. And inshallah, through the barakah of that, of what Rasulullah is saying, we will be saved. Going back to subhanAllah where we're, we're speaking about today, is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, is mentioning over here that Qarun, his punishment was not, he mentions the punishment of the dunya. But not all valimin will get punishment in the dunya. Some will get in the akhirah only. And that does not mean they, got, they, got, they went away easy. Rather they got even hard. That was the point of it. And uh, also I want you to uh, remind yourself, remind us that a hadith of Rasulullah where he says, Inna Allah la yumli al-zalim. Indeed, Allah gives respite to an oppressor. He lets him go, lets him go, lets him go. Hatta ida akhadahu, until when he grasps him, let me flit and then he doesn't let him go. So, what we're seeing in the world today, the, I, if we don't have this Islamic perspective of what I'm sharing with you, we will definitely get depressed. Gaza, things haven't let up loose, right? They've just gotten worse and worse and worse. We may not hear about it that much because of our own, uh, uh, you know, shakawa and our own, you know, Allah mafkare, you know, our own heedlessness. But when a person sees that, when is, when is the end? How come there's, you know, Allah is not sending a lightning bolt to, to, uh, to destroy the oppressors? But Allah, Allah doesn't work like that, right? Every single day that passes by, there the oppressor is continuing to build a case against himself. And the court of this dunya may not be able to do anything, but definitely the court of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is beautiful. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ensure that everyone will meet, their, will meet justice on that day. So now, how was Qarun related to Musa? Some say that he was actually a, either just a person from the tribe. That's what it means, Qawmi Musa. And others say that he was a cousin. We see Musa alayhi salatu salam, he had to face a lot of big challenges in his life. He had to face the challenge of Fir'aun who claimed divinity. He had to fa- face the challenge of Haman who had amassed his own army and who was a, you know, a big powerful general. He had to face the challenge of Samiri who backstabbed Musa salam when he went to receive the Torah. And then he had to, ba- he had to face Qarun who, was, who challenged him saying that I'm not going to give zakat and this and that and you're fake. We'll talk about that in a little bit. So Musa salam's life was filled with challenges. Similarly, any person who is doing the work of the prophets needs to be prepared to face all sorts of challenges in this world. If you stay low and you don't really do anything for the deen, you just pray your salah, give your sadaqah and keep moving, you might not have any problems. But if you try to bring a revival of Islam within the Muslims itself, 
and I'm not talking about even non-Muslims, you will definitely face lots of problems. So uh, not, to, not to discourage anyone, but to mention, to, re, to, to rather give us hope that even Nabi Musa, Kalimullah, like Rasulullah and all the other prophets had to, suffer, had to go through so many difficulties. Qarun and Musa, we said possibly cousins. So how they're related, even the old tafsir mentions even their you know, lineage. But one thing here, let's f- focus on the fact that Qarun became jealous. That Musa and Harun, they, the two brothers, they've got prophethood. I as a cousin, I want to get something in, in this. I want to get a piece of the cake. But he wasn't getting anything. So now he decided to attack Musa salam. Let's hear what is mentioned by Musanif and Abu Shayba. Uh, in, in Abu Shayba in his Musanif, he says, Musa salam, he told Qarun, Inna Allah amarani an the zakat. Allah has ordered me to collect zakat. Fa'aba, Qarun refused. Faqala, and he said, Inna Musa salam yuridu an yakul amwalakum. This is how Qarun instigated the people. That's why I tell students, don't be a shaitan. Instigate the fellow students against the ustad. You don't like something, go speak to the ustad. But don't cause chaos. So what he did, he does here, he started causing chaos. He said, Musa yuridun yakula amwalakum. You see? Trying to, trying to attack people's intentions. Musa wants to devour your wealth. He's gotten hungry. He wants your money. Ja'akum bisala. He first asked you to pray. Waja'akum bi ashya. He came to you with other things. Fahtamaltumuha. You, oh quiet sheep of my nation, you quietly just said, Sami'ana wa We listen and obey, and you did what Musa asked you to do. Now he's asking you to give him your wealth. Qalu la nahtamil. They said, okay, you're right, Qarun. We are going to say no to him. This is messed up. Who does he think he is? Faqala lahum. Ara an ursil. Look at history repeats itself. Qarun says, this is from Musan ibn Mishaiba, not some tabloid of today. He says, I think we should ask one of the the uh, the streets of the the the, the, the women of the streets, the gaya, the loose women of the streets. We call one of them. Fanursiluha ilehi, and then we send her to him. So that she may falsely accuse him of having desired her. This I'm reading from Arabic here. Musallim al Shayba, Dur al Manthur, Imam Suyuti rahmatullah is tafsir. Fanursiluha ilehi, fatarmihi bi annahu aradaha ala nafsiha. This is the old trick in the book. How shaitan, from the human shaitan, from the jinn, use women to falsely accuse women, uh, men of position and power, both in the deen and the dunya. So it's such an old trick, man. May Allah save us. So what happened is, the, uh, Qarun made a plan. He said, Musa salam gathered everyone and he gave a bayan, he gave a talk to them and he said, every one of you need to give your zakat. From every thousand dinars, one dinar. From every thousand dirhams, one dirham. So then, it's, it comes, it's mentioned here in the tafsir, that Qarun asked one of the ladies to take a, uh, gold, a platter filled with gold. No, rather, rather he gave her, فَأَعْطَاهَا طِسْطًا مَلِيئًا بِالذَّهَبِ He gave her a platter filled with gold. Bribed her. Right? عَلَىٰ أَن تَدَّعِي عَلَىٰ مُوسَىٰ وَتَتَّهِمَهُ to make a false claim against Musa and to accuse him. So Musa came and gave a bayan. 
And he mentioned ahkam of Torah. What did he say? Man yasriq naqta' yadahu. Whoever steals, his hand will be cut. وَمَنْ يَزْنِي نَجْلِدُهُ وَإِنْ كَانَ غَيْرِ مُحْسَنْ وَنَرْجُمُهُ إِنْ كَانَ مُحْسَنْ A person who fornicates will be, will be uh, flogged with, uh, if he is not married. And if he is married, then will be pelted with stones. فَقَامَ لَهُ قَارُونَ قَارُونَ stood up وقال, and he said فَإِنْ كُنْتَ أَنْتَ يَا مُوسَى What if it's you, O Musa, who did this? And Musa a.s. was speaking to him. وَإِنْ كُنْتُ أَنَا He said, okay, even if it's me, the rule is a rule. Subhanallah. وَهَاهُنَا And at that time, قَامَتِ الْمَرْأَةُ الْبَغِيِّ That lady stood up. وَقَالَتْ هُوَ رَاوَدَنِي عَنْ نَفْسِي He tried to attack me, he tried to abuse me. Subhanallah. فَقَالَ لَهَا Musa a.s. told her, وَالَّذِي فَلَقَ الْبَحْرَ I swear in the name of that God who has split open the ocean, لَتَقُولِنَّ الصِّدْقَ You better speak the truth. فَارْتَعَدَتِ الْمَرْأَةُ She began to shake and she acknowledged that she was lying and what happened between her and Qarun. So this uh, began a huge, uh, what you call, adawa and uh, uh, enmity between Qarun and Musa. So eventually the day came when, when Qarun of course was um, you know, killed much later. So now let's talk about baghi. What does it mean فَبَغَى عَلِهِمْ That he committed injustice. Committed injustice was by either usurping the rights of others or by constantly looking down upon people. And this is how people, unfortunately, when they have wealth and they do not have iman and amal salihah, that's what happens. That either they start usurping people, it's, not as, it's as though they don't have enough money, they usurp other people's rights as well, even further. And number two, they start looking down upon people. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that this money was so much that usba, usba is a group from three to ten. Almost up to a group of ten had to carry simply the keys to that wealth. Okay, then his nation said, enough is enough. La tafrah, right? You don't translate this as don't be happy. Instead it says, do not be excellent, meaning do not be arrogant. What does farah mean? And what are the two types of farah? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in one place asks us to be happy. Where is that? أَقُلْ بِفَضِّ اللَّهِ وَبِرَحْمَتِي فَبِذَلِكَ فَلْيَفْرَحُ Say, through the grace of Allah and through the mercy of Allah. Surah Yunus. وَبِرَحْمَتِي فَبِذَلِكَ فَلْيَفْرَحُ People should rejoice. Allah is saying we should rejoice. What is Fadlillah? The Quran. What is Rahmah? The Sunnah. We should rejoice at the gift of Quran and Sunnah. We should be happy. When there's a khatm al-Quran, we should be happy. When you memorize three lines of the Quran, you should be happy. The fact that you made it out for tafsir today, you and I should be happy. This is worthy to be happy and drink an extra cup of chai. Right? Alhamdulillah. So uh, this, is, this is something to be grateful for. But then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, لا تفرع, Do not be happy. No, not do not be. Do not be happy. What is that? That is when a person is being happy over pure enjoyment. Not happy over something which is beneficial. الفرح يكون بشيء نافع لا بشيء الذي فيه تمتع فقط Right? Happiness should be about something which is beneficial even if it is <clears throat> not so enjoyable. Like, alhamdulillah, I was able to get my surgery done, for example. Was that painful? Of course it's painful, as someone may say, right? But it, what happens? You feel happy because something beneficial happened. I was able to take my medicine, very bitter medicine. Okay, that was tough, but you did it. If you're happy about that because you have benefited your body, even though it was difficult. Not to say that I have, now a person may enjoy eating uh, a certain smoothie or a, or a Slurpee from one of the stores that has 2,000 calories. Did you hear about that? 
one, one of these, uh, what you call, iced coffees at one of the locations, Dunkin' Donuts, has, uh, honestly, seriously, 2,000 calories, equivalent to amount of sugar and carbs, equivalent to a dozen glazed donuts. All put together in one big gulp of iced coffee. So a person may enjoy some, something like that. But subhanAllah, every day he drinks that, he's taking him closer to his qabr. Right? What is that going to be? So this is not something, you should not be happy over something of that sort. Because there is enjoyment, but there's no benefit. Allah Azza wa mentions about the munafiqeen. فَرِحَ الْمُخَلَّفُونَ بِمَقَعَدِهِمْ خِلَافَ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ وَكَرِهُ The munafiqeen are happy with them having stayed behind Rasulullah Sallam and not participating in tabuk. That's horrible. You are gonna go, you're gonna get punished for this. But they're happy because they don't want to go through the difficulty. So there was enjoyment in there without any benefit. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying here that his nation said, La tafra, yani this happiness that you have, this, uh, this arrogance over the wealth, which is enjoyable but not beneficial to you because you don't have iman. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not like those who are acting in this manner. Look at the long run. Someone say, I enjoy music. Okay. I enjoy dancing. Okay. I enjoy watching and acting like Bollywood Hindu mushrikeen. You may enjoy that, but there's no benefit, yaqwan. There's no benefit in this. There's, this is nothing good for your dunya, nothing good for your akhirah, instead of just making you look like an agent of shaitan, dump, you know, dancing around. I just think, like when you look at that, you say, how must happy, like how Allah gets happy when people make tawaf, shaitan must be getting happy when he sees Muslims acting like the zalim Hindu, yani dancing around with music, subhanallah. And they think this is going to be bringing the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to a gathering. Inna Allah may Allah protect us. So something you, may, you and I may like, all of us may like certain things. We all like certain things which are not beneficial for us. I, you know, I'm part of the same, we all suffer the same issue. We simply must now ask Allah, Allahumma habib ilayna al-iman. Oh Allah, make iman beloved to me. Allahumma habib ilayna al-iman. Wa zayyinhu fi qulubina. Oh Allah, beautify iman in my heart. Wa karrih ilayna al-kufr. And make, ya Allah, kufr disliked by me. I, I want to hate kufr. وَالْفُسُوقَ And make me hate major sins. Disobedience. وَالْعَصْيَانِ And make me hate all disobedience of yours. Can we not say this, I mean to this dua? Right? Allah مَحَبِّبِ إِلَيْنَا الْإِيمَانِ وَزَيِّنُوا فِي قُلُوبِنَا وَكَرِّينَ الْكُفْرَ وَالْفُسُوقَ وَالْعَصْيَانِ وَجْعَلْنَا مِنَ الرَّاشِدِينَ And oh Allah, make me from amongst the successful people. So my beloved brothers and sisters, dear listeners, right now I may like 10 things out of 10, 5 things might be major sins. It's possible. A person likes to drink, a person likes drugs, a person likes zina, a person likes dancing, a person likes music, a person likes this. Okay, it's possible, that's happening. But what's the way out? Do we, a person, I cannot leave all this right now. Okay, the first step is at least start making this dua. That ya Allah put the hatred of these things in my heart. Right? That's a start, isn't it? Put the hatred of these things in my heart. Put a barrier between me and these things. Allow me to reach a level where I just simply don't want it anymore. There's another dua. Allah makhud bi nawasina ilal khayr. Allah drag me by my forelock towards goodness. Right? Drag me. Even if I don't want to come for tafsir, just drag me. They have an auto carpet. I'm trying to go home. No, it's coming back to the masjid. Right? I'm going to the restaurant. No, it's coming here. Allah makhud bi nawasina ilal khayr. I don't want to go for salah with jama'ah, but it just forces me. That's what it means. You're trying, to, you're, you're trying to go in one direction, but Allah says, nope, I have decided for you to be in, in, the, in the right company. This is what we're asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And what else? Um, there's another dua, beautiful dua. That, oh Allah, when you, when you allow, 
I'm forgetting in Arabic. Oh Allah, when the people of the dunya are in their dunya enjoying their dunya. Alright? When the people of the dunya are enjoying the dunya. وَإِذَا أَقْرَرْتَ أَعْيُنَ أَهْلَ الدُّنْيَا بِدُنْيَاهُمْ فَأَقْرِرْ عَيْنِي بِعِبَادَتِكَ When you make the people of the dunya happy by them enjoying looking at their dunya, make me happy with your worship. That person looks and says, look at my exotic car that I just, dream car I was able to get after 25 years of working hard. He's sitting there taking pictures, 100 pictures of it. And he's just sitting there, you know, once his wife pulls him out of the garage, otherwise you sleep next to the car in the garage. Right? He's so excited about that. He's happy, naturally. Says dunya, alhamdulillah, he's happy. But ya Allah, while people are happy at their home, at their car, at their food, at their bank balance, they're counting, counting their money. I want to be enjoying more than them, your worship. Alright? That, that I just can't give up. MashaAllah, there's interesting people in this dunya. I, got a, I usually share with you all sorts of bad phone calls I get. But I got one phone call this, earlier this week from someone or last week. Who said, Subhanallah, I cannot, my love for Allah is, has come to such a degree where I cannot fall asleep. I ha- I'm forced to get out of bed and just be on the musalla, qiyamul layl. Until I get so tired, I, I, I start falling asleep. And then I wake up and say, How can I stay awake? At, how can I be at night while not standing up in front of Allah? And then I get up again. And I get up again. A good portion of the night spent just in qiyamul layl. And then they mentioned that the repugnance of, of sin is such an extent that if I'm at someone's house with my parent, and some person does something which is against the obedience of Allah, I, I cannot handle it. I just break down crying right then and there out of absolute hatred for the disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ajib, in this dunya, you have young 18, 19 year olds who go through these type of situations as well. MashaAllah. Ahwal, they're special hal condition. But now what I'm trying to say is this is true. There's people who honestly love ibadah more than any $4,000, $5,000 bed you could sleep on. May Allah make myself and all of you from amongst them. Ameen. Ameen Abdul Alameen. Right? So if a person is involved currently in sin, no reason to give up. Just make these du'as to Allah. Ya Allah, turn the direction of my heart away from things towards you. Away from material things towards akhirah. Away, turn, away from makhluk towards you. Away from desire to sin to desire to do good. If we at least make this du'a regularly, inshaAllah these du'as will be accepted and we'll see amazing things happening in our life. Then the next thing, remember we said five commands. The next command is, uh, go ahead, whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you in this dunya, money, try to use that wealth, the power, the contacts that you have, the status you have, try to get the akhirah. As one of our teachers and one of the ulama has said, beautifully, you can make a note of this, for a believer, the asbab and the means of this dunya are to Purchase the akhirah. The reason Allah made you, one of us, a millionaire, or one of us, uh, you know, very successful in his business. MashaAllah, that's great. Now the fact that Allah gave you this wealth is for you to buy your beautiful abode in akhirah. That's why Allah gives us means. And then you're smart. Someone says, I really love luxury. I love a luxurious home, luxurious car, luxurious things. That's fine. Now you say, do you want to live with this luxurious life long term or short term? What do you guys say? Long term. If you want to live long term, then there's one option for it. It's to invest in the akhirah. Because if you invest only in this dunya, then this, the, the dunya of this term, either one day I will lose money and I will not, no longer, I'll get foreclosure on my, Allah forbid, on my home. I'll lose my house, lose my car, lose my position. Or, of course, I have to die. And when I die, I have to separate. So if you want to really enjoy your dunya, 
What is it, brothers? Send it forth to the Akhirah. And this is what Ali radiallahu anhu has mentioned, that um, he, one person came to him, and he said, Oh Ali, oh Amir al-Mu'mineen, tell me, am I from the people of the dunya or of the people of the Akhirah? And he said, I do not have the answer of this. You have the answer for it. He said, oh how so? Subhanallah, he said, إِن دَخَلَ عَلَيْكَ مَنْ تَعَوَّدْتَ عَنَّهُ يُعْطِيكَ وَدَخَلَ عَلَيْكَ مَنْ تَعَوَّدْتَ أَنْ يَأْخُذَ مِنْكَ فَإِن كُنْتَ تَبُشُّ لِمَنْ يُعْطِي فَأَنْتَ مِنْ أَهْلِ الدُّنْيَا وَإِن كُنْتَ تَبُشُّ لِمَنْ يَسْأَلَكَ وَيَأْخُذُ مِنْكَ فَأَنْتَ مِنْ أَهْلِ الْآخِرَةِ سُبْحَانَ اللَّهِ and one is the one who you're accustomed that he is always giving you things. Now what happens when the one who comes who's always asking you for things, if he becomes more beloved to you and you get more excited to see him than the one who's always giving you things, then you are from the people of the Akhirah. And if you get more excited and happy for the one who's always giving you things instead of asking you for things, then you are from the people of the dunya. Did you understand that? If you are from the people, from the if you get more excited with the one who gives you more than the one who asks from you, he says you are the people of the dunya. But if you love the people who ask from you more than the people who give you, you are from the people of akhirah. And then he would say that the awlul azam, the people of the not, not Ali al someone from the salaf would say, marhaban ujratin. When someone would say, can I have something from you? Can I borrow? Can I take a loan? Can, I, can you give me something? Sadaqah? They would say, marhaba, marhaba, welcome to the person who is carrying my goods for me to the hereafter without any payment. He's carrying my luggage to the akhirah without any payment. Think about it. Because you gave sadaqah. Now he, he's gonna, you're going to get that sadaqah back with. In akhirah. In huge forms of return and your investment. Usually when you have to transport something, you have to hire someone to pay them for it. Now this man is transferring your investment to the Akhirah without charging anything. This is the way our Salaf understood charity. May Allah make it easy for myself and all of us to understand charity in this manner. That in reality, charity is actually charity to yourself. And you're going to pull it out in Akhirah. Imagine someone, he, like a fool, little child, you got all the Eidi money. He's got all over the place Eidi money. Money for he got for Eid. 100 here, 1,000, 200 here, 50 dollars here. You gather together, 3 year old, 4 year old. You put an envelope, say, Berta, let's go to the bank and put it. You, you right, and deposit it. The two or three year old, is he gonna be happy? He's gonna, he's gonna cry. No, what are you doing? My money, my money. He said, Listen, this is the safe place. He doesn't understand it. He's gonna start screaming at that teller who took his money. Right? He said, You took my she took my money. He doesn't understand the concept of a bank. He doesn't understand the concept of investment. Similarly, we are children like this. When we give sadaqah, it hurts us. We pain. We're like, What's going on? What's going on? Why am I being asked to give in Allah's name? Little do we realize that we're not giving anywhere but to our own investment. And that we're going to get a much higher return in the Akhirah. Subhanallah. So this is what, Ali, what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says. Use the dunya to... Use the dunya to earn the Akhirah. Number two. What about the dunya? Should we just like... 100% of our wealth we should give away in Akhirah? 100% of wealth we should give away to others? No. Do not forget your portion of the good life in this world. You should have some for yourself. Ajib in point is mentioned by tafsir that a ashik and the lover of Allah and the lover of the Akhirah is supposed to be so focused, he has to be reminded, hey, hey, you gotta eat here as well. You know that? You cannot give away all the money. 
That's what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَا tansa, Don't forget. Because the one who is so focused in the akhirah, he actually will literally forget his own share in this dunya. This is what ishq of Allah does to you. This is what ishq and love for Jannah does to you, that it makes you forget this world. Are you understanding? That we have to be reminded. Our condition is ulta. We forget. We're told by, وَلَا tansa رَسِيبَكَ مِنَ akhirah. Please, worry about a little bit about the akhirah as well. Right? And dunya is our full focus. So that's one explanation. Number two, it means that this ayah is for people who are very stingy, bakhil, who don't spend on their family, who don't even spend on themselves. They're being told, hey, please spend on yourself. Right? And they say, Dunya is more important than for being forgotten, being forgotten. Why? What does it mean more important than being forgotten? Because if you do not have dunya, you cannot earn your akhirah. If you do not eat, how are you going to be able to stand up and do any sort of worship? If you don't have wealth of, of being able to purchase food or being able to purchase a bicycle to get to the masjid, how are you going to be able to do that? So dunya is more important than to be forgotten. And it's more lowly than being made a goal in your life. Dunya is simply a wasila, a means. That's it. It's not the ghaya. Number three, uh, number four. Number Number four. Do not and be um, be good to Allah's servants as Allah has been good to you. Meaning, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is a muhsin. He does ihsan. He does more than he has to, obviously. So, Allah, there's a hadith: "Tahallaku bi akhlaqillah." Inculcate within yourselves the attributes of Allah. Tahallaku bi akhlaqillah. Inculcate within yourselves the attributes of Allah. So, Allah is muhsin. Allah is the one who does ihsan. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I want you to also do ihsan. So just like Allah has done ihsan upon us by giving us wealth, we need to share our wealth with those who don't have and give what Allah, from what Allah has given to us to others. Surah An-Nur, Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu's story, when he was giving to Mistah, his relative, who ended up accusing his daughter Aisha radiallahu anhu, the wife of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi for indecency, that story that you all have heard, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He said, I'm never going to give mistah again. I cannot believe it. I give this man money and he's accusing my own daughter, the wife of the Prophet of such a horrible crime. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed the ayats, Do you not want Allah to forgive you? It's not befitting for a man like you, for a man of ulul fadl, of a man of great virtue, to take an oath and to say he will never give. Do you not want Allah to forgive you? Of course, so this is the deal Allah is making. If you want Allah to forgive you, forgive other people. If you want Allah to forgive you, forgive other people. For those who say, I have a very hard time forgetting people, forgiving people, just remind, remember this ayah. Do you and I not want Allah to forgive me? I'm not doing much to gain, gain my forgiveness. This is the easiest thing I've got. To say, ya Allah, I forgive them for your sake. Now, Ya Allah, you forgive me. It's completely legit. Phrase straight from the Quran. Allah is asking. If you want Allah to forgive you, then you need to do the same. So, this is part of the akhlaq of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, for example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Mandalidi yuqridullah. Who is the one who's going to give Allah alone? Right? There's much can be said on that. But the fact that Allah is, is loving his servants to such a degree that he's asking you that if you give a poor servant of mine money, it's as though I will take the name, I will be, I will take the name of the borrower. You know what I mean? Like I will. T- I don't want this person to feel like lowly that he's taking charity from you. So when you give to him, it's as though you're giving it to me as a loan. Can you get what I'm trying to say? 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not want the poor person to feel degraded. And Allah does not want a wealthy person who's giving sadaqah to think of himself higher than the one who is giving. So when we give money to someone who's in need, we're reminded that you're not giving to him, you're giving to Allah. Don't look at the guy you're giving to. You're giving to Allah's hand. As Aisha says, that when a, faqir, when a person gives sadaqah to a faqir, it, ha- it falls into the hands of Allah before it hands into the, falls into the hands of the poor person. So this type of perspective, mashallah, is so beautiful. Because it saves us from looking down upon any poor brother or sister, be it kafir, Muslim, whoever it may be. That when you are giving money, <clears throat> you're giving to Allah. And you're also giving a loan. A loan that you will definitely get back from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Next, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, His response to all these five things was simply, I don't need to hear any advice from you. I know better than you. Why is that? Because this wealth that I have is not because I earned it from, I got it from my dad, my mom, I got it as inheritance. It's not that I stole it. I earned it based on my knowledge and my mahara and my tijara skills and because of my degree. What we translated today. I earn all of this money, this empire through my degree and hard work. So I have a right to do with it whatever I want. Pure American style, you know, capitalistic style of leading a life. Right? Although, mashallah, many people, you have people like Bill Gates and others, may Allah give them hidayah towards iman, and others who have led a way of, uh, you know, just donating, which is amazing. And others as well who are following in that footsteps. But the idea is, most of the time, this is the, the, the uh, capitalistic mindset, dunyawi mindset, that if I earned it, then I can do with it whatever I want. And that's what Qarun said. That I've been given all of this because of my hard effort and knowledge. That's one explanation. Number two, he says, that uh, I am a person of great ilm. It's mentioned that he had a beautiful voice. He had knowledge of Torah and he had beautiful voice while reading the Torah as well. So this is what he was arrogant about his knowledge. However, the one point that he should think about is that arrogance doesn't match with Allah. Like shaitan, who had so much knowledge, but he missed the aspect of arrogance. So similarly over here, he's missing the point of arrogance. Did you forget that all these previous nations were far more powerful than you, far more wealthy than you, uh, far more greater in number? They all got destroyed eventually who disobeyed Allah. And Allah will never, uh, send, uh, Allah will never ask them what they did. Instead, He will straight up punish them because He has the full knowledge of it. Then Allah brought, after many days of disobedience, many months of disobedience, etc., etc., a, a day came when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, he came forth to his people in all his adornment. Okay, so now, when, you, when we see dunya, there are two responses. Our Ustad, Mawlana Suleiman Chokhsi, Damad Barakatum, would explain this ayat in such a beautiful manner in Jalalain Tafsir. And he, in many bayans he would give to the ulama and students of knowledge. These verses he actually, mashallah, he speaks about a lot and his beautiful way of explaining. He would talk about the fact that when you know, we, the madrasa would have, you know, man, madrasa days were interesting, man. That's so different to connect, allow you to understand what those days were like. But, you know, we, we, we like to sit in a, in, to sit in a, a civic would be like, oh my God, this is amazing. I remember the time I studied in Pakistan too. To sit in a civic, because you're always walking, you're always in the heat walking, you're always in a rickshaw, whatever the case may be. To sit in a simple, humble little car, someone gives you a ride, was amazing blessing. So at times in madrasa, you would have certain wealthy people who come with expensive cars, right? And they'd park it in the front of the office and one of the kids, people would see it. <laughs> so Mulan Choksisa would give that example. 
एंड ही वुड से वो जब वो फुला शेट साहब आते हैं बड़ी गाड़ी के साथ वेल्थी पर्सन कम्स विद बिग कार एंड इन नाइस वे से वो बीड़ी उल्टी पीते हैं यू नो दिगरेट उल्टी पीते हैं सिगरेट बैकवर्ड्स सिगार एंड ही सेज वो वो गाड़ी की चा भी यू फिर आते हैं यू राइट ऑन द फिंगर्स शोइंग ऑफ एवरी वन दैट यू नो द लोगो ऑफ दर कार ही से फिर क्या हाल होता है फिर वट हैपन्स टू यू हिज हु अमंग्स यू गेट्स इम्प्रेस्ड बाई दैट एंड हु अमंग्स यू सेज है विन थ्रू ऑल दल मूव ऑन he speak to the students madrasa students in class he he take beautiful lessons from this story of qarun and he say listen man when you see people of dunya and their dunya do not sit there and allow you yourself to fall for it with greed with eyes of envy he might be a great muttaqi muslim whatever why don't you look at the blessings you have honestly look at the blessings you have instead of sitting there and desiring what someone else has because desiring what someone else has is what we call jealousy and this a jealous person in reality who al mu'tarid ala allah he is objecting to allah when i give one child a green lollipop one child a yellow lollipop and then they start crying or one of them starts getting mad why did he get this what did he get that it's not the fault of the other kid it's the fault of me right he's blaming me why did you give me why did you give him that you didn't give me that so he's he is got a problem with me Similarly, when a person is ex- ex- angry at why uh, someone has this dunya and someone doesn't, he is actually challenging Allah, and this is where it becomes very dangerous. My beloved friends, Allah has distributed bl- His blessings amongst His servants. What one of us has, the other one definitely does not have. If Allah has given wealth to someone, He may have given intelligence to the other. If Allah has given intelligence to one, He may have given a happy family to the other. If Allah has given a beautiful spouse to someone, He may have given obedient children to the other. If Allah has given a comfortable home to the other, He may have given a uh, a, a connection with the Quran to the other. These are things that we need to focus on. Stop looking at what others have. Instead, introspect what we have, and we will then live happy lives. The key to happiness is focus on the blessings I have. Do not, do not, do not compare yourself. in things that others have that you don't have rather if you're in that mode of comparison and jealousy compare yourself in the things that you have that the others do not have and i can go on the list again more you know detailed but i this is very important because so many of us men and women we suffer from pangs of jealousy and we cannot enjoy the beautiful home beautiful spouse beautiful car beautiful food all the blessings we have because we're always comparing what the sister-in-law has what the brother-in-law has what the brother has what the sister has what the nephew has what the niece has and this makes us all grumpy angry people this is not befitting a believer abdullah ibn abbas radiyallahu anhum beautiful story it's mentioned that he would say about what a clean heart he had and how we all should follow in the footsteps he said i would tell you my condition of my heart he said three things when i ever see a rain cloud over a, pl- a plantation or a farm of someone even though it may not be has nothing to do with me i don't even know who the farm belongs to but somewhere far away in medina i see rain cloud coming and rain pouring on someone's garden i become happy because i know someone's garden and plantation and farm is getting rain today although it has nothing to do with me someone is going to be happy today i'm going to be happy at their happiness got that number 1 number 2 when i see a person going to an honest judge an honest god fearing judge who is ensuring that justice is met then i get happy i have nothing to do with the case 
But I know that Alhamdulillah Justice is going to be served today And that makes me happy And the third thing he said As you all know He was the greatest Mufassir of the Quran Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's du'as Were attached to him And he, Allah opened up The doors of tafsir for him Right? Abdullah ibn Abbas He said I have this desire in my heart That every single person Should know as much tafsir Of the Quran as I do Every single person Should know all the ilm that I have who, who, You know knowledge is power man Knowledge is power what does he want? He wants every single ummati of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam to have, to be as though he has received the du'a of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Today people are so stingy with wealth and knowledge, but no, I want I want to have all of that. Just did you hear all these three things? What was the first one? Rain, rain on any farm, any farm that sees rain, he says I I become happy that I hopeful that that person is going to be happy. Number two, justice in the court. Number three. Tafsir of the Quran. Now let's apply this today. If you hear someone, by apne suna yar kisi ki beti ki masha Allah wahan rishta tay ho gaya unki shadi ye Saturday. To usse hamen kya lena hai? Hamen kya fayda hoga usse? Kyu bata rahe ho? You tell someone by someone's daughter is getting married this Saturday. They got a wedding. He get mad at you. Like what does that have to do with me? But just smile, bro. He's, the, the guy prays salah next to you. I mean, masha Allah, he's looking for so long for his daughter. Alhamdulillah, he found someone. Someone, did you hear? Someone got a promotion. So. You notice how we get angry at other people's happiness. It doesn't have to do with me. Not every, the world doesn't revolve around you, my friend. There's other people. Learn how to become happy for other people's happiness. And then one day your life also will become happy. This is the reason why you're grumpy and angry. As though you've drank rotten yogurt. What would happen if you drank rotten yogurt? That's what you walk around with. Why are you so angry? Because you do not know how to be happy over other people's happiness. You do not know how to share joy. This is very, a person who is very, you know, uh, narrow-minded, his heart is also constricted. Hazrat Mulana Sulaiman Mullah Ustad would say, that, listen, if you cannot give sadaqah of money, at least learn how to give sadaqah with words. If you cannot give sadaqah with words, at least learn how to give sadaqah with your smile. Do something. But don't be bakhil and stingy with a smile or even a few kind words. Someone, mashallah, is, is, uh, their son became a hafiz or, or their daughter just graduated. Whatever, just go. Give him a hug. Say, mashallah, mubarak, congratulations. You do not know how to know the person. My beloved friends, let's work on this. Let's work on this. Let's learn how to overcome all of these issues that we have, suffering, social, our spiritual ills that we're suffering because of which we cannot. Yes, your daughter is not married. Okay, we'll make dua. And your son's not married. We'll make dua. You're not married. We'll make dua. I understand that. But this does not mean you should be angry at someone else's happiness. And so this is not befitting a believer at all. So here we speak about the fact that the people of this dunya, the people, the worldly, materialistic people, they looked at Qarun and they started looking at the fact that, oh, how come we have less? And they got impressed by that. Allah Jalla Jalalu says in the Quran, وَلَا تَتَمَنَّوْ مَا فَضَّلَ اللَّهُ بِهِ بَعْضَكُمْ عَلَىٰ بَعْضٍ Suratun Nisa. Allah says, do not desire, do not desire what Allah has given preference to some over the other. It's simple. Some of you have gotten what some others don't, what others have, and what some of you don't have what others have. You all got something going on. And my, my friends, I'll tell you one thing: the person who focuses on his own achievements, he will have no reason to be jealous. And if you get happy with other people's blessings, you will be able to benefit from it as well. So, for example, there is an expert, a doctor of some sort, in or whatever professional in your area. And if a person has got jealous of that person, then even if his son or daughter needs the help of that physician, he will, he'll say, I'm not going to go. 
and he will harm himself. But if you say, Alhamdulillah, I'm happy for his success and now I need him, I'm going to go. Think of an example of the right hand, for most of us are right-handed. You have a right hand, left hand. You're cutting the nails, right and left hand. When you take the nail cutter in your right hand and you cut the left, it's with precision, nicely. When you take the left hand and you cut with the right hand, is it with the same precision? Yes? No. So now if the left hand becomes jealous, right? why is his right hand so good? Right? What's going to happen? The left will not be able to benefit from the right. The fact that the right is good is allowing the left hand to benefit from it. Yes? When it takes care of it, the left hand is benefiting. Why are you jealous over the right? The right is there to assist you. Similarly, if you are learned how to benefit, if you learn how to be happy at the accomplishments of our fellow Muslims in our area, or whoever they may be, relatives, cousins, etc., we will be able to benefit from them whenever the time arrives. That I think was a beautiful example that Sheikh Sha'rawi gave. May Allah have mercy on his soul. So, um, and this is one thing that these people said that he was, he was a very lucky person. So, we need to have mudakar of this with our youth and our children and ourselves. That never ever become envious of the dunya of those who have no iman. That's very foolish. Because when dunya has been given to someone who does not have iman or amal salihah, then that dunya in reality is a fitna and a punishment. That's what it is. Why would you sit there and desire a punishment? Dunya for someone who does not have iman and amal salihah is a punishment. We should never look at a disbeliever's wealth and envy that. Yes, look at a believer's wealth who is spending it in the right cause. Nabi sallallahu himself said that. What did he say? لا حسد إلا فثنتين. If jealousy were to be permissible, it would only be permissible with regards to two people. If jealousy were to be permissible, it would be regards to only two people. One person, رَجُلٌ آتَاهُ اللَّهُ مَالًا That person who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave wealth. فَسَلَّثَهُ عَلَى هَلَكَتِهِ فِي الْحَقِّ And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inspired him to spend all of that wealth in proper avenues. Number two, رَجُلٌ آتَاهُ اللَّهُ عِلْمًا The person who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave knowledge and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inspired him to continue to serve the people through that knowledge. Deciding issues, affairs, teaching people, etc. So basically what we learn from here, my dearest brothers and sisters, two people are worthy of envy. One is a rich man and one is a knowledgeable man. But not every rich man and not every knowledgeable man. But rather a rich, wealthy man who spends his money all the time. He's like he's got a, he's got a what you call a big hole in his pocket. It's just finishing. In goodness. I mean just for example, Bill Gates announced last week, he says his goal is with that 100 billion or so that he donated in the next season, in his life, within 20 years or earlier, he's planning to have it all spent. Or earlier. He says, 20 years or earlier, instead of prolonging it. I mean, that's an inspirational, you know, uh, subhanAllah, to think about. That amount. Yes, a person has um, a lot, you'll say that, but percentage-wise, just think about percentage-wise, what is that compared to what he has. You know what I'm trying to say? It's a massive percentage of, of his assets. So this is something yani, that is definitely a person envious. That, Ya Allah, give me not just wealth, but such wealth that I'm inspired to give, give, give in haq. And number two, Ya Allah, give me ilm. But not ilm that I sit on, but an ilm that I'm, I'm, I'm busy serving people, guiding people. That's the ilm you want. Not just to sit there in an ivory tower. Innahu ladhu hadhin azim. We will inshallah stop here and continue on we translated it last week, but I don't want to rush through it. Enjoy 
the beautiful lessons that are here. We'll finish the story of Qarun. So Qarun is still, you know, in his, just walk away from today's gathering, thinking that he's still in his entourage. He's having a nice uh, walk. Little does he know where this walk is going to end, and it'll end next week. Right? Inshallah. So let's think about that. And hopefully tomorrow we will, uh, we'll try our best next Tuesday, if Allah wills, to finish the remaining parts of Surah Al-Qasas, inshaAllah. Um, people, you know, so if, you're, if those of you who want to uh, have an excuse to come, <laughs> an added excuse, people love first lesson, last lesson. So inshaAllah, that's, hopefully next week will be last lesson of Surah Qasas, and then we'll start up another Surah, bi ta'ala. Um, and also I want to add, if you want to bring snacks, anytime, you're more than welcome. Chai is, people bring the chai. Allah reward are those supporters who do that. But you're always more than welcome to add any why to the chai. Um, so that's that inshallah we will um, go over just a couple of the announcements of programs that we have um, unplugged please please make sure you take a picture of this if not or just go to the website right now and register masjidds.org forward slash unplugged this is going to be a practical worship we're going to have practical wudu right here practical wudu practical salah we're going to have practical dhikr. We're going to have practical dua. We're going to have practical recitation of Quran with proper etiquettes. going to be a 24 hours, no technology, and focused on practical application of the deen of the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. Practical way to sleep according to sunnah. Practical way to eat according to sunnah. Right? So many things, inshallah, will be discussed that are of great benefit to every single one of us and a great reminder for all of us. Uh, multiple sessions throughout the day and the night. A program starts sharp at Maghrib. Enter here to do i'takaf at Maghrib on Saturday and leave inshallah after dinner on Sunday after Maghrib. This program is open. Just register online at masjidds.org forward slash unplugged. Also, um, we will also have um, uh, the uh, detail, uh, detailed schedule available on the website. I want to also remind you, Monday is President's Day, the 20th of February. So it's a day off. You can come and spend the weekend and still have Monday off to do your other things as well, inshallah. A monthly dars, inshallah, for sisters will happen Sunday, February 4th. Please share this with your sisters. This is the only, once a month we have an on-site program for the women of our community with the ulama of Darussalam. This is an opportunity for them to listen directly from the men ulama where they are the number one audience. They're not listening it by the way. They're listening directly. And then they have a chance to ask questions. There's a full lunch served as well by sisters take turns to, do, uh, to bring lunch. So this Sunday, February 4th, 12 to 2.30, please take a picture. Uh, or share this message with all the women of our community. This is not live streamed. This is uh, only on site. Inshallah, this week, this Saturday will be the very important topic. Obviously, fiqh of fasting, there are specific masail and issues related to women that will be discussed there. That are not going to be, for example, discussed much in detail in our normal fiqh of Ramadan uh, uh, workshop. So that's why this is super important for our sisters to attend uh, on site. Additionally, um, March 3rd, that will be next month, inshallah, will be, I'll be speaking about the uh, making the best of the Ramadan for its sisters, inshallah, that will be Sunday, March 3rd. So this sisters only program happens the first Sunday of every month. And uh, February 24th, inshallah, 15th of Sha'ban, Mulan Ahsan will be speaking about attaining Allah's mercy. You can mark your calendar, Saturday, 15, February 24th, which will be the 15th night of Sha'ban. This is Saturday special program, Shab uh, Barat, as we call it. Inshallah, we'll have a program and Ibadah, night of Ibadah. Roadmap to Ramadan. We already completed the spiritual journey with Mona Ammar. Inshallah, this for every other Friday, we have programs in preparation for Ramadan. So last Friday we had it, two weeks ago. And this Friday, inshallah, we'll have Mona Farhan Sharif speaking about the reflections of our pious predecessors. Reflections 
of our pious predecessors. So kindly please make note of it this Friday. I encourage you to please share the message. Try to attend in person. If not, then at least um, online. Our one-year program uh, for boys and girls, registration is open. Applications are open till June 8th. Please share the message. As well as summer intensive, registration is also open for brothers and sisters 18 and up. Uh, even from out-of-state students can join us for that, inshallah. Due to the time, inshallah, we'll just do end with dhikr. If you don't get the update, if you want all these flyers to be received on WhatsApp, please take a picture of this, inshallah. Let's come close together, inshallah. Please, for a few minutes. Before we do that, we'll do dhikr for a few minutes. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala Sayyidina Muhammad La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam La ilaha illallah 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 لا إله إلا الله 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 محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم صلى الله على محمد 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 صلى الله عليه وسلم 
Before I do the dua, I want to remind you that every single week, Alhamdulillah, students have the, some selection of the books from the bookstore available, and there's always new titles coming in. So please do stop by every week and see what they have. There's a few things. There's Seeratul Mujtaba Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is a new book that has been taken from the beautiful book called Seeratul Mustafa. Because some people may not have the ability to immediately read through three volumes. So this is something you can see the print is so beautiful, so nice and easy, and it can be read with our children at home as well. Very simple and easy book called Seeratul Mujtaba, the Seerah of the, of the Chosen One. Uh, and it's a selection from Seeratul Mustafa. Also there is with the Noble Quran. This is uh, a, a, a beautiful book that is the compilation of the Quranic verses, prophetic hadiths, and opinions of traditional scholars regarding some of the main themes of the Quran. And in, chanta, chanta, in 10 chapters, Sheikh Mahmoud Al Khusri, which is all of you have heard of him probably, or many of you have heard of him, has to be one of the most famous Qadis of the past century. The Imam of the Sheikh of, of Minshawi, the Sheikh of the Basid, and everyone else, right? The, one of the most well known Qadis of, the, of our past century and beyond. He effectively covers the superiority of the Quran, the etiquettes, the rewards, the virtue of listening, the virtue of reciting, the virtue of memorizing, the virtue of the correct method of recitation, the ruling of using melody, and of crying out of the fear of Allah, and warning against forgetting the Quran, along with the satisfying discussion on the seven qiraat. So this is Shaykh Khalil Khusri, his book, translated in English. And last new book for this week is called Stories of the Prophets. You are all heard of Ibn Kathir, Rahmatullah, Qasasul Anbiya. So this is a new translation by Shuaib Shah, printed by Turas Publishing. And this is an excerpt from Ibn Kathir's famous Al-Bidayat wa-Nihaya. It's a detailed book uh, with, with filled with um, lessons from the lives of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi lives of the Prophet And Ibn Kathir presents verses of the Quran, complemented by narrations from Rasulullah Sallallahu regarding the previous Prophets. Sources from the previous scriptures are also consulted with but with critical analysis of their veracity, right? And so this is also um, uh, one of the classical works from, uh, you know, from, from the classical era of, of, of mashallah, of Imam Suyuti, beautiful translation, new, uh, newly published, that you can take a look at the bookstore, inshallah. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. 
اللهم اصلح لنا ديننا الذي وعصمه امرنا واصلح لنا دنيانا التي فيها معاشنا واصلح لنا اخرتنا التي فيها معادنا واجعل الحياه زياده لنا في كل خير واجعل الموت راحه لنا من كل شر او الله اكسبت اول ذوز هو ار هير توداي اند ذوز هو ار ليسنينج اون لاين اند ذوز هو وانتد تو كم بو نوت ابل تو كم ذوز هو هاد تو كم ذوز هو كيم هاد تو ليف او الله اول ذوز هو ميد خدمه النصره ان ذا سيرفينج اند ذوز هو ار هو ار وركينج بيهايند ذا سينز فور ايفري سينجل ويك فور ذيس بروجرامز يا الله او الله وي اسك يو تو جرانت اول اوف ذيم باركه ان ذير لايفز باركه ان ذير علم باركه ان ذير عمل باركه ان ذير هيلث باركه ان ذير ويلث او الله باركه ان ذير تشيلدرن ان ذير سبوسز او الله وي اسك يو الله تو جرانت اول اوف ذيس protection from yours from any and all disobedience of yours oh allah allow us all to lead our lives in which we are ya allah leading a life in a manner that is beloved to you ya allah oh allah allow us to be punctual on our faraid allow us to also supplement supplement our faraid with nawafil oh allah make it easy for all of us ya allah to take time out to read quran every day to take time out to perform the nafil salah every single day to take time out to do dhikr every day to take time out and to do muraqaba muhasaba of ourselves every day and reflect over our own selves and what we have done all day and all night oh allah make every one of us from amongst those who remember you profusely by night and by day in our heart all the time ya allah oh allah save us from ghafla save us from heedlessness save us from heedlessness oh allah save us from performing salah improperly save us from doing wudu improperly save us from discharging our zakah improperly save us from fasting improperly save us from doing any and all ibadah with ignorance ya allah or impro- in, in improperly oh allah allow us all to become students of knowledge oh allah allow us all to become students of knowledge allah allow us to allah desire to practice whatever good we hear allow us to to make an effort to propagate whatever good we hear oh allah make every single one of a da'i towards your deen a da'i towards the sunnah of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam oh allah bring 100% Deen, 100% Deen into our lives, into the lives of our spouses, in the lives of our children, in the lives, in the lives of every member of our household. Oh Allah, all those who are not married, make it easy for them to find the best of the spouses. Oh Allah, all those who are finding difficulty in finding spouses. Oh Allah, oh Allah, most definitely, oh Allah, pairs are waiting for one another across the globe. There are thousands of unmarried women and thousands of unmarried men. Oh Allah, facilitate for each and every one of them to find the very best of spouse, Ya Allah, that will allow them, Ya Allah, to be protected from haram and allow them, Ya Allah, to build their beautiful abode of akhirah in this dunya. Oh Allah, allow allow those who are married ya allah to 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 find peace and comfort in their homes ya allah oh allah remove discord and remove the ego from the houses ya allah oh allah remove the evil effects of nafs and shaitan from our lives oh allah oh allah allow us to squash our nafs allow us to squash our nafs allow us to be protected from the evil deceptions of shaitan in our nafs ya allah and the evil effects of our sins ya allah oh allah whoever is being physically harmed spiritually harmed mentally harmed emotionally harmed financially harmed because of his or her nafs because of his or her shaitan because of his or her ya allah effects of her sins ya allah or because of someone being upset at them or cursing them Allah forbid oh Allah we ask you Allah to get, allow all of us to get out of those problems allow us to wiggle out of those issues ya Allah allow us to enjoy barakah in our sustenance ya Allah remove all debts from us allow us to get out of our debts ya Allah allow us to get out of all of our debts ya Allah allow us to live a life absolutely free from riba ya Allah allow us to live a life free from interest ya Allah allow us to live a life free from interest ya Allah allow us to live a lead, lead a life free from intoxicants ya Allah oh Allah allow our youth to be, to be protected from all the intoxicants ya Allah allow our youth and our young adults to be protect from all the intoxicants ya allah oh allah protect us all from watching haram from listening to haram from thinking haram from watching to uh, walking towards haram from entertaining haram from engul- from ingesting haram ya allah oh allah we ask you allow allow us to be protected from the evil plots of shaitan through the internet through the phones and through all the technological devices of today ya allah oh allah allow us to use this technology for our akhirah and save save us from being harmed in our dunya and akhirah through this ya allah oh allah we ask you ya allah to grant the, our brothers and sisters palestine ya allah respite ya allah grant them ya allah grant them a way out 
grant them farajan qariba, grant them nusra, grant them nusra, grant them nusra. O Allah, grant them your special assistance, Ya Allah. O Allah, please, Ya Allah, grant them food, Ya Allah, grant them clothing, Ya Allah. O Allah, grant them shelter, Ya Allah, grant them shelter, grant them safety, grant them safety, grant them peace. O Allah, grant them, Ya Allah, aman, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, grant them a sense of hope, Ya Allah. O Allah, grant them resilience, Ya Allah, grant them unbelievable levels of, 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 of sabr and ajr. O allow them to see, Ya Allah, the scenes of Jannatul Firdos in this dunya. Allow their children, their spouses, their, their, the wives, the women, Ya Allah, the orphans. Allow all, every single one of them, Ya Allah, to be able to see what is being promised for them in Akhirah, Ya Allah. O oh Allah, we ask you, Ya Allah, through their sabr, through their patience, through their crying, through their dua, O oh Allah, grant victory to not only them, but all the oppressed ones across the globe, Ya Allah. O oh Allah, through their dua, allow the ummah to waken up. Through their dua, allow the ummah to waken up. Allah, through their dua, allow the masajid to fill up. Allow the masajid to fill up. Allow the masajid to fill up. Allow the halaqat of knowledge across the globe to fill up, Ya Allah. O oh Allah, through their dua, allow us to become not materialistic, but rather people of Akhirah, Ya Allah. Through their dua, allow us, Ya Allah, to change the direction of our heart, Ya Allah. O oh Allah, through their dua, allow the hardness of our heart to be removed, Ya Allah. O Allah, allow us to lead a life in which we control our lustful desires and not become a slave to our lustful desires, Ya Allah. O Allah, we ask Ya Allah through their du'as, allow sunnah to become revived across the globe, Ya Allah. O Allah, protect Masjid Al-Aqsa and the Harameen Al-Sharifain. Protect Masjid Al-Aqsa and the Harameen Al-Sharifain. O Allah, protect all the dini efforts, all the efforts of, uh, uh, the dini efforts across the globe that are happening in accordance to the sunnah. Protect it from internal and external strife, Ya Allah. Protect it from internal and external bid'at and innovations, Ya Allah. O Allah, we ask you to grant shifa. It can be the ajila mustamira to all of us, our parents, our spouses, our children, and our loved ones. O Allah, protect us, protect our loved ones and our family members in this community and all other communities from diseases like cancer, Ya Allah, diseases of other sorts that, of, of uh, Ya Allah, new, new diseases like autism and etc. that we have no idea where they're coming from. And O Allah, making life difficult, Ya Allah. We ask Allah to grant shifa to, to those who have these uh, seemingly uncurable, incur, incurable diseases, Ya Allah. O Allah, O Allah, these are makhluk. O Allah, this is makhluk. O Allah, this is creation. O Allah, you're a creator. O Allah, nothing can, Ya Allah, make you ajiz. Nothing can make you incapable. O Allah, all those who are suffering through various diseases, Ya Allah, that doesn't, the world doesn't seem to have a cure for, O Allah, grant them shifa. All those who are suffering mental illnesses, Ya Allah, grant them shifa. All those suffering emotional illnesses, Ya Allah, psych- psychotic illnesses, grant them shifa. All those who have been evil, who have been affected by some evil effect of shaitan, O Allah, some masbin al-shaitan, O Allah, masbin al-jinn, we ask you, Ya Allah, to grant them also shifa. Grant them shifa, grant them shifa. All of those, Ya Allah, who are suffering, Ya Allah, in their jobs, in their, in their, in their, in their risk, O Allah, in their homes, in any way, shape, or form, we ask you, Ya Allah, to remove the difficulty, Ya Allah. O Allah, most importantly, O Allah, do not allow us to suffer in our terms of our deen. Do not allow us in to, serve, to suffer in the terms of our relationship with you, in terms of our relationship with our beloved sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. O Allah, whoever asked us for dua, was pray, or requested us for dua, or is expecting us to make dua for them, we ask you, Ya Allah, to grant them more than they expect, Ya Allah. Grant them more than they expect, Ya Allah. Grant them more than they wish, Ya Allah. Grant them more than they aspire, Ya Allah. O Allah, o Allah protect Darul Salam, all these musallis, all these all staff members, all the patrons, well-wishers, o Allah, all the students, o Allah, all the teachers, and all their family members, and all the, those who attend any and all of the programs. Ya Allah, protect them all from the evil effects of shaitan, evil effects of nafs, O Allah, evil effects of the sins. O Allah, allow everyone to enjoy your special mercy. O Allah, protect this entire, Ya Allah, campus, Ya Allah, from all evil effects, Ya Allah, of, of things that we see and things that we are not available, we cannot see. O Allah, bring your special mercy, descend your special mercy, descend your choicest angels, Ya Allah, to protect this place, Ya Allah. And all those places where deeny efforts are taking place, Ya Allah. Wa subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun. Wa salamun al-mursaleen. Wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Wa rizakumullah khaira. Wa salamun alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.